The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Meltdown with your host, Eric Bowie. Well, it's January 29th. We're supposed to have a State of the Union, but guess what? We don't have the State of the Union tonight. Why? Because the games that are happening, you can blame it on Republicans or Democrats if you want, but you should blame it on the people most responsible, and that is clearly the media. This is Blaze TV Live Media Meltdown. I'm Eric Bowling, your host, and you guys have got to stick with us for the next two hours because we'll show you exactly how the media has totally melted down since President Donald Trump was elected, how the media mob destroys lives, and most importantly, how we can all take on these media mobsters together. I don't usually ask this, but you've got to share this special free live stream for anyone who cares about what's happening in our country. What is going on here tonight is that important. So, one of us had to take the short straw, take one for the team, and tonight that's Tra- Chad Prather. Chad is going to be on the fake news watch in front of the TVs in the other studio across the hallway that only gets CNN and MSNBC. Chad, you're a trooper, my friend. What's going on over there so far? Any fake news yet? It's I feel two like into I'm the in, show. I feel like I'm in a torture chamber over here, and I'm having to have this stuff blasted at me from CNBC, MSNBC, CNN, all of these. And, and right now, what we're learning is, according to Wolf Blitzer on CNN, is that no one believes the president. The intel chiefs are now saying that the president is wrong when it comes to ISIS, and they're disagreeing with him. And of course, CNN's agreeing with the intel chiefs but what if the intel chiefs had agreed with trump then who would we believe at all that right point? you know we're going to keep you there all <laughs> night for the next two hours keep your eye on those fake news delivery systems but sarah gonzalez has a better gig tonight and by the way just use twitter hashtag blaze tv live hashtag blaze tv live i want this show tonight to trend we got to get that going and sarah she's going to take your questions and comments and send them to us on air we're going to talk about them so that's Sarah. We're going to be with her all night as well. Sitting here with me tonight, kick off my show, my good friends and fellow Blaze TV hosts, great friend Glenn Beck for a very, very long time. Welcome, Glenn. Good to see you. Thank you. Ellie you. Beth Stuckey and Graham Allen are at the table as well. Guys, thank you for joining us on yep. a big night. Thanks big, for having big, us. Big night. Guys, it's sick. Wearing the wrong hat, vote the wrong way, say or even think the wrong thing, and the media mob breaks out the pitchforks and the torches. Glenn. Why is this so important to us tonight? Because I think that we are at a crossroads, and I've been talking about, uh, you know, this, this disintegration of the country for a long, long time. And I think what we saw with Covington Catholic was a Rubicon that was crossed. Uh, the media crossed a bridge. They, we know they're going to attack you. We know they're going to attack you. They've, you know, attacked us for right. a decade. We know they're going to spin things, lie, cheat. However, I haven't seen them do a couple of things. Take on an innocent kid, scare the hell out of him, 
uh, allow a, a lie to be not only uh, perpetrated but uh, propagated by them uh, with this kid destroy his life. And the most important thing is they took it and you had video evidence. So we know exactly what happened. There's no way you can read it any other way. And they not only first, they didn't apologize. They said, the story is developing. So what? What does that mean? You were wrong? They never really came out and said they were wrong. Still. They still. still, still. Yeah, we and instead, still what they did is they doubled down and almost dared people to believe your eyes. Yeah, you can watch the video, but that's not what happened. Let me jump in here, Glenn. I don't want to cut you off here, but put, put that shot up again. You, we got a shot of this. This is what happened. This picture came out on Splinter and it came out on Twitter. Now, Ali Beth, immediately the talking heads went ballistic before they found right. the context that Glenn is talking about. Before that hour and 20 minute context video was released, they were going off a few seconds in a tweet. And, and, and that so picture, did conservatives though. Oh, absolutely. Right. I'll be honest with you. When I saw the picture, I was like, ooh, that doesn't look good. But where are we in a country, in a media, where we're making judgments on a young man who's a high school kid based on a Twitter, a tweet now, a picture on Twitter. Well, it checked all of the boxes that the media, and like you said, some people on the right are really eager to check. Okay, this is a white, seemingly pro-life guy at a pro-life march wearing a red MAGA hat. Um, and so he's everything that a lot of people have been trained to hate without even knowing the content of their character. This was, I think, right before MLK Day. MLK said, you know, he dreams of a day when uh, we judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Well, now it seems like, especially in the media, the color of your skin is the content of your character, at least uh, partly. And, and so it's the color of your hat. The color yeah. of your hat and hat. the expression on your face and yeah. what you believe. All of these things are meant to uh, judge you for who you you are in your heart. And so, like you said, the thing that, that was crazy about me or about this uh, to me is that even after we got all of the information, the media doubled down and said, well, well, the real the real point of this story, we still got that right. This is that racism is still a problem. White supremacy is still a problem. Let's talk about that. So, Graham, Ali Beth makes a great point and Glenn as well. When that thing came out that night, the late night hosts came out and they were saying, look, this kid, I, Trevor Noah said, He's punchable. There was a, a Reza Aslan, who's, who calls himself an enlightened uh, author, yeah. uh, said, have you seen a more punchable face in your entire life than this kid? Here's my question. Parkland High School survivors are about the same age, right? Mm -hmm. They come out and they have an anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment agenda to mm -hmm. make sure there's more gun control in the country. On the right, there may be people who say, I don't like what that agenda is about, but I've never heard anyone say, I want to punch David Hogg in the face. Right, yeah. But, uh, I, you're exactly right. It, it is, I would say it's less to do with anything else other than the fact of the kid obviously supports Donald Trump. Uh, at the end of the day, it was a perfect storm. Or, or that we think. Yeah, or that we think. <laughs> I mean, you're going to Washington on a trip, you're coming home with a, uh, with a souvenir, it might be a hat. Yeah, I, I think in this country we've lost, and we had this conversation earlier on your radio show, we've lost the lines that there are just certain things that are sacred that you just do not cross, especially without full understanding of context. And children, even at 17, there's people coming out now, he's not a kid, he's 17 years Glenn, old. Very, very important though, Glenn, there was a U.S. congressman and a, and a very high-profile comedian who both said yes. that Red Hat has now become the new white hood. It's triggering, right. they said. Triggering. It, but yeah. Here's the thing. First of all, let me take you back to just a couple of months ago to where this 
I think, really started to enter the consciousness of Americans saying, wow, what does this mean for my children in the future? And that was the Kavanaugh hearings. Really? Okay, that was something that he did. Nobody could prove it one way or another, but are we going to destroy people's lives over something that you cannot have a beyond a reasonable doubt on? Because no one, no one had facts on any of it, but they condemned him anyway. And at least the moms and the dads that I know, they all said, what is this going to mean for our sons in the future? Little did we know the future meant... Four Just months right. later. Yeah, a couple months later, okay. yeah. So, so here's this kid, and if you look at him, he's terrified. If, if it doesn't matter that he's 17, then why do we seal juvenile records? Right. We seal records because we know you should not condemn a child mm -hmm. because of what they did when they're underage because we're all doing stupid stuff. That's the idea. This kid, he's not going to get into the college that he wants. He's probably going to have a hard time finding a job. He's going to be ostracized for the rest of his life. David, David, David Hogg on the left is set. accepted to Harvard. He did He's get into Harvard even though he didn't meet that, all of yeah, the Yeah, he didn't meet the qualifications for it. All the qualifications. It, yeah. And Bias? Chris Hayes Bias? of MSNBC actually said, I haven't seen the collective right this worked up about something since the Kavanaugh hearings. I'm like, well, yeah, because we don't like someone denigrated based on something that we do not know is true, especially a child. And like you said, Kavanaugh... 17 years old when this happened. Um, and so we do have a problem Stay with that. Right here. Stay right here. This is very important because today, Maxine Waters, Congresswoman from, Congresswoman from California, tweeted this, and I went ballistic on Twitter. I don't have any proof of this, but, and then she went on to, to make an accusation. <laughs> but. I think that's one of the most damaging things right. anyone could possibly but do. But the media. Right. But don't hold them accountable. That started with uh, Harry Reid in this new era. Remember what Harry Reid said? Mitt Romney doesn't pay his taxes. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he needs to answer for it. If you remember, after the election, he they, admitted. they asked, asked him and he said, yeah, well, it worked, didn't it? Yeah. Well, that's AOC. She said, as long as you're morally right, it doesn't really matter if you're factually correct or not. That's the new standard. And she's just coming facts, out and saying the it. The facts don't even matter today anymore. We talked about this as well. At, even after all these multiple camera angles came out, people are believing what they're going to believe so, just because that's what they want to believe, even when they see blatantly right in front of them so, what actually happened. Eric, that is the answer of what you asked me. Why is this important? Because you cannot have a civilization. You can't have a country. You, you certainly can't have elections when the truth really, truly doesn't matter. And I'm not talking about the he said, she said, or even look at the Russia stuff. I don't honestly know how that's going to shake out in the end. None of us do. People are dug their heels in, but I at least am waiting for the final information. And if there is a smoking gun, the chips fall where they may. Let's do this. Let's be fair. Let's be fair and balanced and unafraid about this. And I'll start with you on this one, Glenn. There's a movie out called Get Me Roger Stone. It's on Netflix right now. Mm -hmm. It's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Because Roger Stone has been around since Nixon, actually since Kennedy, Nixon, uh, Reagan, Bush. He's been around forever. Political operative, always on the conservative right side. Mm -hmm. He's no different than what Harry Reid said. I just get the job done. No, he's no different. Uh, uh, Brock, what's his name from Media Matters? David Brock. Yeah, David Brock. He's no different than David Brock. He's just on the other side. David Brock is allowed. You know, we were together oh, yeah. at Fox. 
they there was a there was a an estimate after I left Fox that the left it would have taken them a hundred million dollars to be able to do what they did to me a hundred million dollars well you don't need that anymore because all you need is a David Brock all you need is a Roger Stone and now all the minions the people who are drones on social media that will do anything to stop the other side all you need is one picture and one tweet that's, That's it. it. And we're going to get into something very, very, very damaging and very scary. Speaking of pictures, the new thing, deep fakes in Glenn and I, and mm. we're going to talk about this because it's not only pictures anymore. It's video where you're looking at that video going, in that guy is saying that. Mm. I mean, can you imagine? I want to get into it later, but Kim Jong-un with a deep fake saying that he's going to press the button uh, at America. Before, l- listen, I want to jump over to, to Chad very quickly. Chad, tell us if you've seen anything, anything going on in your neck of the woods over the other side of the studio. Well, it's interesting. MSNBC is running the story on Roger Stone. Of course, he pled not guilty this morning. But according to MSNBC, they'd lead you to believe the trial's already over. So all they're showing is, of course, not only about how guilty he should be, but they're showing protesters with signs holding up uh, signs that say, you helped Putin steal an election. So obviously we don't even need a trial. That MSNBC's decided it. Yeah. Um, Grant, talk to us. So you've, you've experienced the mob. I think we all have experienced the mob, but, but tell us your story. Yeah. So I, everybody at this table has experienced the mob, but this was the first time that I can honestly say that it went, uh, well, it's syndicated mob, <laughs> a, a word to say. Uh, I posted a photo in response to the Gillette ad, which I think most people on the conservative right know what the Gillette ad actually was. No real man is against or, or is pro-bullying, pro-sexual harassment. No real man wants those things. The undertone of that video was trying to say that the new generation needs to save the world from this mass majority of men that are horrible individuals. So I took offense to it. So I picked a photo out of a family photo album that I've had for months of me and my children holding guns because that's just what we do for fun where I come from. Uh, We happen to be in a cotton field because I'm from Mississippi. I post it. The next thing I know, uh, I, I was given so much credit for being so intelligently racist because the subliminal undertones it took. It's amazing how you can get racist yeah, out of that picture. Yeah, well, they I'm told, they told me this. I was a genius because I was so strategic in placing in the cotton field white children. So you're not guns. just, you're a genius racist. I am a genius wow. racist. Notice the t-shirt he's wearing is also cotton today. It continues. Yeah, it continues. It's just subliminal messaging. He hasn't learned his lesson. I haven't learned my lesson. Let's talk a little bit about Gillette. Clearly you have their social message. It reminds me of Nike. Oh, you know, Nike decided to make, took a big offense to that too. To Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick, their spokesperson, but guys, it worked for Nike. Oh, yeah. They made a ton of money on the heels of the Kaepernick uh, yeah, But they, What they were doing, though, you have to understand, Nike is going after a global market. Yes. Okay? Exactly. So that's what that was all about. They didn't care about the American market anymore. It's the global market. Netflix. You talk to the people at Netflix. It doesn't matter if you can have a big show here. It has to be global. When you look at Gillette, you, all you have to do is go back to the Wall Street Journal and just track the Gillette stories they're crumbling. They're yeah. crumbling. They're desperate. They needed younger voters. So what do they do? They just target those younger voters who are, are, are very uh, progressive to socialist and social justice warriors. They don't care about the people your age, my age, 
They care about the people your age. I do wonder, though, if they underestimated how angry this would make people. And I wonder that about the media, too, with the Covington story, with the Kavanaugh story, if these kind of far left groups think that the rest of the country thinks this way. And a lot of people do, but I think that they underestimate how much we care about traditional masculinity when it's manifested, obviously, in a good way that we care about people like Kavanaugh. We care about the, the Covington kid because we, we see people. Yeah. yeah, we see people we that we know facts. in those people as well. And I think that they assume that we all hate men and that we all are pro-feminism. And they're surprised when people like me are like, oh. I'm not really for I want to go to Sarah in a second, but guys, audience, I'm begging you. Hashtag uh, Blaze TV Live. Hashtag Blaze TV Live. Let's get it trending. Ask a question. Put it on hashtag Blaze TV Live. Sarah will watch for these things. So, weigh in on this discussion. Tell us, is Nike right? Is Glenn right? Nike's going after an international audience, so they weren't concerned about what Americans, what patriotic Americans, veterans, felt about kneeling for the national anthem and Colin Kaepernick making Colin Kaepernick their spokesperson. Whereas Gillette is going to have some, some social, uh, I don't know, pat on their own back. On men, whereas, you know, and, and you have but made... But is it working? I, I, the left would have you believe is The left can look at YouTube right now and see that there are more dislikes let, on that video let, than let likes. Give you to, let me give great you two yeah. an, alternate, an alternate reality on this Gillette situation. What do you two have here? What do you got? You have beards. Yeah. The vast majority of men walking around now are growing some sort of facial hair. Gillette is in deep trouble just trying to stay up with numbers, right? Glenn, mm-hmm. the pressure of making numbers, you know, year after year, quarter after quarter, maybe they're going after some sort of social justice. Yeah, they, they needed something. They are. Yeah. You look at their numbers, go back to the Wall Street Journal, and you see over the last two years, the stories are all about with Gillette. They're not meeting their numbers. They're falling behind. They're losing their share. They are in financial trouble, so they needed something to shake it up. That's all this is. But people are, people are using um, others. They're using the American people's emotions and manipulating for power and money. And it is getting to a point now to where it, it's... It's no longer about opinion. This is, to me, this is the critical thing. The Catholic, uh, Covington Catholic, was the Rubicon. No one in the power structure now cares. They don't care about the truth in a different way. Before, it was always we could argue about it. But now, they are telling you, you cannot believe your eyes, and you're a racist or whatever it is, if you don't. If you even watch that video but, and argue but, that it's not what they say but, it is. Mr. Glenn Beck, doesn't matter what they say, it's a matter what they do with it once they call you a, him a racist. If you support him, you're a racist too. And here's this, what I'm getting to, the boycott culture on the left. The boycott culture is destroying journalism. Let me tell you this. Yesterday, two days, Sunday, um, I get a call from uh, somebody there is a, a guy in a hospital in Tucson, mm-hmm. Arizona. Okay, mm-hmm. they're they're starving him to right. death. Cut off all of his water um, because they don't want to pay for it. Against the family's will. Against the family's will. Right. Um, you know he's he's got a traumatic brain injury. He may be brain dead, but he was showing signs of recognizing the family, etc. So they're just going to kill him. What happens? We get on the air and immediately within an hour. People on our side are also 
um, reacting differently than we ever had. Within an hour, they restored his feeding tube and his, uh, uh, and his hydration tubes. They said no for a week and a half. No, we're not doing it. No, 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 no. So the, the problem here is, is that uh, the problem and the good thing, we're at each other's throats. We are very, very convinced on each side. But the good news is we are becoming activists as well. Is that the good news? I mean, I, I have to ask this question because that's a very common thought. Right. Well, they're so good on the left of boycotting. They can kind of define what the, thus us on the right are able to say because we're afraid of, of an advertiser yeah. boycott or whatever. Should we be using the same tactics? tactics that they do on the left. Well, it's I don't know. also asking, it, there's, it's a double-edged sword of the mob. The mob can be good. It can be used in that way. If you want to call that a mob, it's really just a group of people advocating for good change. But people on the left would also say they're advocating for good change, too, by trying to take down the Covington kid. But we see that is, is bad. And I think objectively it is bad. Um, and so I think it can be used for good and used for bad. I'm not really sure. I'm not totally I, sure what the answer is, unless you think there's an I, actual distinction. I think there's a, uh, something to be said, and we'll get into this later with Saul Alinsky. But Saul Alinsky, his tactic, one of his main tactics is force your competitor, force the other side to live up mm. to their own standards. Mm. So all we're doing is live up to your own standards. You say Wait, you care about you Native Americans. We you say we employ Solinsky tactics. On the one, on one, <laughs> on that, one thing. That do on them. Right, them. on them. But, but wait, but only this tactic. You, the only way to win is to hold them to their own standards. But they don't every care time. if yeah, we they, do. Yeah, they I don't know, care. About that. but I really believe. But we can't even keep, we can't even hold our own politicians to their own standards. We have, a, we have a, a slew of high profile with Nancy Pelosi. Uh, but this uh, is not going to be. Uh, who are pro tough border security and now they're correct yeah and you can show them the very video where they said it i know but you're not playing to the political right or the political left you're playing for this big fat center who is sick of all of this look at the latest they're poll. watching if we hold them to the standard the left the standard you say you care about native americans what about xyz do you think the center is actually watching that because i feel like the right are the only people who are held to any standards and who actually strive to meet them right I agree. however if you st if you start to misbehave the way they're misbehaving if you are on the good cause and you're calm and you're 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 collected and you are not mean and nasty. As long as you're that, there's this People there's care. this big portion of the country that's like, I don't want to live this it, way it, anymore. Right. I, I, I want to go to Chad, but just throw this in here. It, it would be so much easier uh, in this utopian world that you speak of if the <laughs> media were keeping both sides accountable the way well, they keep the right very accountable. Yeah. The left, they kind of look the other way. You can't survive without it. Right, and but we need a fair and balanced media. We yes. really don't have that right now. Uh, Chad. Russia, Russia, Russia. <laughs> I'm convinced we're doing this just to get those little transitions in there. What's going on, my friend? Guess what, Eric? You won't believe this. I got something close to the truth out of CNN. They went to a commercial break, and apparently I can be awarded millions because of mesothelioma. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, that, I don't think that's a journalist thing. I think that's actually just a commercial. Oh, oh, I thought that was 24-hour yeah. news. I totally missed it. Yeah, all right, yeah. well, we'll keep up the good work, my friend. <laughs> keep, keep on it. But now I want to check in with Sarah. Sarah, any, uh, any, any enlightened questions from our audience? 
Yes, uh, we have got a lot of questions we're going to try to get to, as many as we can. First off, Eric, I also want to thank you again for not making me watch CNN like Chad. <laughs> I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, you, 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 flipped, you got the tails on the coin, right? Yes, I do. Thank you. Uh, all right, so tweet number one from Wanting Peace. Uh, Wanting Peace, be careful with this one, gentlemen. What is the punishment for publishing false news? What should it be? Can I, let, let me throw a signal in because the most important word of that wasn't publishing, it was news. I'm going to say something really controversial, and I've really struggled with this. Um, and I went back to the founding documents, and after the original Alien and Sedition Act um, in the early 1800s, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams, um, the founders all got together and they really went to town on this and said, what is it that we have to do? And John Miller is joining us, and I bet you you know where I'm going on this. I think so. The, um, uh, the prevailing uh, point of view at the time was that the government cannot ever take a side, even if a publisher knows what he is publishing is false, you cannot have the government step in at any time. So what they were, what they were talking about was the, the people have to be the final guardian because how could you possibly get the government involved and when the government says, well, that's fake, that's not what I said, that's not what we did, that, you okay. can't do that. Yeah. Protect Although the Adams tried to, correct. but yeah. what? I, well, Adams did it at a certain point. Yeah, but it was wrong yes. and we all know that. Yeah. So the answer is not about punishing people or taking people's rights away because that always ends up uh, the wrong way every yeah. time, at least for conservatives in this country, but it always ends up the wrong thing the answer should be, how can we, as a media organization, equip our audience with easy facts and, and clear stated facts? We're opinion makers, sure, yeah. okay? That's different than the stated facts, but we base our opinions on what we have as facts. Mm -hmm. So we need to equip our audience with easy ways to know, no, this is the truth, not opinion, this is the fact we, of the We do event. not want government deciding what is news and what is opinion. Of course Just to stay on. Yeah. Sarah, you have another tweet question comment for us. I do, I do. Uh, so tweet number two is, having seen the media industry from the inside, you gentlemen, you guys have been in the industry for, I won't say how many years, but it's been a while. <laughs> uh, what is the single biggest misconception the American people on both sides of the political aisle have about the media in general? Boy, I'd be interested well, Glenn, in yours. Glenn just hit it. You know, for the vast majority of, of uh, consumer, media consumers, they'll read something and not understand that there is a line between news and opinion. Yeah. We are on this, we are clearly defined on this side of that line. What we do is opinion. We deliver what we think. The news side, and again, Glenn points out very accurately, the government shouldn't dictate what, what lands on the news side and what lands on the opinion side. The market should. So if you're mm -hmm. in the market for news and you're getting opinion, you should go elsewhere. But the news side really should double-check sources. And oh, yeah. if they don't, there's no real recourse. The problem no. is, does the market really do its job? Because right now you see fake news is rewarded. I mean, on Twitter, for instance, right. the false tweets are the things that explode on Twitter. But that's and the people. It is the people. That is not the publishers. No, it is not the publishers. But when the publishers don't do their job, yes. then how do the people decide if they're not thirsty for truth? It is, it is 
moral sentiments uh, and not wealth of nations. Adam Smith wrote moral sentiments first, and he said, the free market will only work if the people want what is good and right. The minute the people want something that just is whatever, mm -hmm. the market will produce it, and we're seeing it. We'll, yeah. put, we'll put this out there very quick. I'll, I'll get, get to you, Graham, but look, there's only one, let's call it industry, that's protected in the Constitution. It's the news media. We are, we are guaranteed a free press. We're not guaranteed free health care, free cars, free land. We're guaranteed a free press by I, our founding I parties. would really like to, it's, at some point tonight or in the coming weeks, talk about the, the growing conglomerate of old news, tech companies, and the government. They're all going to bail each other out. The government needs protection, they'll say. Uh, the old media needs a bailout. And the new media, the, the Facebooks, Facebooks and yeah. Googles, all they want is their power to do what they want. And they are growing to a point to where everyone should be afraid of those guys because they'll do anything. You know, you want to talk about fake news. Imagine just the power if they decided to do stuff. So they will come together and, and work together to bail each other out. That's when our voices are gone. Graham? Yeah, I was just going to say, to your point, Glenn, is the media gives what the people actually Mm -hmm. wanting. And the truth of the matter is it goes far beyond uh, political uh, news reporting or opinion-based reporting. People want the anger. People want the outrage. That's what people want. It, it, you know, you, you post the story about a veteran that receives, uh, you know, an amputee that receives a new uh, prosthetic, it does whatever, but you talk about Ocasio-Cortez saying something dumb, uh, bam, it's gone. You know, I mean, th that's what people want. And they're feeding, they're feeding the monster. Let me get one more, Sarah. Go ahead. What, do you have another question, comment? Yes, I do. Hashtag. And I think that this one is a very interesting one. Uh, let's see. Do you have any advice or methods for teaching kids and teenagers how to view media through a lens of healthy skepticism and actually verify facts before, I don't know, buying into the narrative and hitting that retweet button? So let me, let's do this, Sarah. What do you think of that question? Can you answer it? Um, I mean, I, I think that it's a really good thing to instill in your children just to be skeptical of everything. I may be a little bit overly skeptical, but I think in life when you're dealing with something that is consumed um, you know, on the internet and something that is so quickly put out there, with very little recourse or you know time to digest. I mean, right now it's just the race to see who can get something out the quickest. Um, and I think that you know once you just explain to them that this this industry, like it or not, this industry now is all about clicks and who can get the first clicks, who can get the headlines, who can get the the most retweets. And so I think that when you explain to them how that system works. I think with that comes a healthy dose of, of skepticism just in itself. The, the, best, <clears throat> the best teacher I've ever had was a professor at Yale. And uh, for the beginning of the class, I thought for sure he believed one thing. I was convinced he was an advocate for this. Then, halfway through, once I mastered what he wanted, he all of a sudden switched and he was arguing the other side. And at the end, I had no idea what he believed. That is how we have to teach our children. We, our children are hearing us talk about Trump or they're talking about the politics and what's happening in the country, 
and they regurgitated. We need to take the Covington, the, the Covington story and say, kids, we're going to get to the bottom of this and we're going to decide and play devil's advocate. Push them so, so they get to a point to where they're not just giving you an answer they think you want. I'm, I'm going to piggyback that with a little bit, Glenn, when I used to fill in for Mr. Bill O'Reilly, who will be on the show in a little bit. You want to stick around for this. He's weighing in on this. He's very hot on this topic. There was a producer, a senior producer there, who uh, just put the show together perfectly. I mean, he just had this great conservative voice straight through the show. It flowed very well, Nate. And um, I've come to realize that I don't think Nate was a conservative, but he was so good. He was such a professional that he was able to look at the other side, what probably what he believes in, and just put together a fair and honest assessment. And I think the show and the audience was better for it. I think the country would be better if we actually knew our own side. And then when, when, I'm, when I'm really convinced of something, that's when I look harder on the mm -hmm. other side. Mm -hmm. And we need to have, we need to expose ourselves to things that we don't agree and not get angry. Let me do this very quickly. Hashtag Blaze TV Live. We want to hear your questions, your comments. We're going to answer them right here live on television. Also, if you use that promo code, go to Blaze TV, use Blaze TV Live promo code, you'll get $10 off the year subscription. you got to do it. This is free today, but it doesn't stay free. This is great stuff. We don't, we don't cater to advertisers. We don't care about what the left wing tries to boycott. We are here to give you honest and true opinion. Blaze TV Live, 10, 10 bucks off, hashtag Blaze TV Live. John Miller joined the table. Glenn mentioned John yeah, Miller. Yeah, I'm not Ali. <laughs> He's no longer Ali. Um, but, but welcome into the, into the conversation. John, I want to move on to the next topic, very important, how the media controls the narrative. Now, we know the media is vastly left-leaning, right? I mean, some would say 90% yes. of the media leans left. Are they, by that sheer size and volume, control the media? Yeah, I think absolutely. I think that you, when, I mean, you, like you said, 90% lean left. They're the ones who are telling the stories. I think, though, we're in a better position than we were because of things like new media, because of what we're doing, oh, yeah. and things like Twitter. I mean, now versus even, not even 10 years ago, now versus six or seven years ago, I mean, if you want to seek out conservative voices and if you want to hear a different perspective, you can do that. Um, and I think social media is really powerful. To what we were talking about earlier, I think it's a good lesson for our children, but also for everyone to know what you read online is not uh, always true. You have to read everything Including with skepticism. from the right. Absolutely. Yep. But, you know, my parents' generation, they said, oh, I read it on the news or I read it in the newspaper. I saw it on TV, heard it on the radio. It must be true. And so they need to know that that's not the case anymore because wait anyone what, can wait publish Wait to see anything. what Deepfakes deep does to you, and you're going to see that a little bit later. Graham, talk to us a little bit. You know, this magazine cover from Time Magazine, I mean, it's just, it's, it's this first. Take a look. It's, it's depicting President Trump, and, you know, the, the, obviously so what we're bad. talking about is the, you know, the, the immigration issue and the yeah. wall and separating children. I mean, I mean, it, 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 is that a, that's not even fair. That, 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 I mean, there is so, so much editorial in that one picture. Go to the headline, USA Today saying the actual thing is way, way worse than we were depicting, says the photographer behind this viral photograph. So they're telling us, this news group, media group, is telling us what to think. Yeah, well, first of all, you know, let's not act like President Trump is the only president that's done this first. You know, Obama did it too. But also, when, when it comes to this, people like to use the most sensitive 
part of a narrative to make people bend to what they want. So the left uses the fact that there are children at the border that are suffering because of decisions that if we're all being adults here, that their parents are making trying to illegally cross the border. We've been separating parents from their children for years in America. When you create a crime, your kids don't go to prison with you. But your you kids know, get taken away. Right let's let's not forget, though, the big part, which is that that girl was not separated from her mother. Yes. They, yeah. they, they yeah. put someone yeah. on the cover right. of a magazine exactly. who was not separated. You're right. You're and right. She yeah. got a lollipop it, it or, better, or they take pictures from other situations. It gets even better. How many times have we heard this is women and children who are just seeking asylum, safety from Honduras or Central America where they feared for their lives? Take a look at what really was going on at the border watch. Some people look at these images sure. and they listen to the president who says it's not women and children, it, it's stone cold criminals. So my first question is, you're in that tent camp. Besides that family, give us the profile of who is there mostly and what are they looking for? You're going to see a lot of families here, a lot of uh, women and children. Uh, but the, the truth is the majority of the people that are part of this caravan, especially outside, if we can make our way all the way over there, uh, we'll show you the majority of them are men. So uh, when this becomes a polarized political the United States, you have people on one side uh, that point and say uh, there are women and children here, and that is true. And then there are others who point and say uh, these are, are men that, that are trying to cross the border, and that's true too. Um, from what we've seen, the majority are actually men, uh, and some of these men have not articulated that need for asylum. Instead, uh, they have talked about you know going to the United States for a better life and to find work. Mr. Glenn Beck, the I'm quoting this reporter. The truth is, the majority of this caravan are men. I was men. surprised he had a job the next day. Yeah, I really was waving their own country's flags. Yeah. By the yeah. way, trying to come over. So, 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 did you hear the next couple of lines later? Uh, well, there are women and children here, and that's true too. Uh, is it majority are men? Yes, or there are a lot of women and children here. Well, there were a lot of women and children here, but the vast know. majority. Did, did we see many? No, no, no. The, the I saw them, but the vast majority. You know, what was uh, uh, was men, vast majority. The rest of them were almost uh, numbered as props um, yeah. Yeah. that were so few. The, the thing that bothers me about this is if you were really looking for the truth, um, when I went down to the border, this is under Obama, and I got a lot of heat for going down to the border, but it sure gave me a different perspective because the border agents were begging me to get it out that we were putting people in cages. They didn't like it. Begging. I called Brian Stelter at CNN. I called uh, Meet the Press. I called Anderson Cooper. I called everyone I knew that was on the left and said, you have to cover this. They are putting children in cages. None of them did anything. So when they all came out later and said, look at what Donald Trump is doing, Right. My head almost exploded. Yeah, that's exactly my point. It, 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 it's, it, they overlooked it when Obama, right. same, same situations, but now that it's Donald Trump, because they hate him so much that they try to act like he is this horrible dictator that has created all of these things. Right, and you have to, we have to be, we have to understand the republic and man's freedom on earth is at stake. And... We have to be able to say, look, Hillary Clinton was absolutely corrupt. One of the most corrupt politicians in my lifetime, if not the. That's what I say, the. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. and that, you know, is Nixon and everybody else. Corrupt. But I don't believe she killed 225 people. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. We have to be able to, as people, no matter how good or how much we want to destroy the other side, you must root it in facts. And the other side is not going to reciprocate. But if, if we don't, we lose the rest of the people in the country who are starting to unplug. And if you look at the Democrats, there's a new poll out today. Democrats say their party is way off the rails. They want them to move to the center. And, and Republicans are saying, move further right. The institutions and the media are all moving in the opposite direction of the people. Miller, one of the other big stories is this, this whole Trump-Russia fiasco that's going on sure. now for the better part of two years. And they haven't really found anything yeah. uh, of substance, which is incredible. It's been going on for two years and they have not found anything that relates to Donald Trump colluding with Russia, aside from a business deal in Moscow, which is not illegal before he's the president. And why is that a problem, John? That because, why is that the fact that they haven't found anything a problem? No, there no, were two no, years ago. We're, yeah. we're still <laughs> two years. Yeah. And all we're talking about is Donald Trump and Russia. For two years before the election, I was, I was showing the, the people in Russia saying, we are going, before Donald Trump was even running, we are going to screw with this election, okay? We no haven't cared. spent any time actually going and saying, this is the threat. Forget about Donald Trump. Yeah. This is the threat. But it is about Donald Trump because the reason why you didn't hear anything about it is because they assumed that Hillary would win the election. Correct. And therefore yep. it was not going Correct. to be an issue. Yep. So it really has to do with Donald Trump because he is the one that made them care about it. And that's not how it should work at all. And if she would have won, they yeah. wouldn't have and said it, anything yeah. about but it. But no one was anticipating. So Roger Stone has been indicted. He's pled not guilty to lying to Congress. So it's the, the, the vast majority of his indictment was We need lying bigger to prisons Congress. if we're going to uphold right. that law. Uh, yeah. James Comey lied. How about this? Clapper. Clapper. Clapper admitted to lying to Congress. Hillary. Hillary. What difference does it make? Clapper, yeah. the NSA <laughs> is not spying on Americans. Right. Is that right, uh, Mr. Clapper, a week later? Yeah. Well, not exactly. Lied to Congress. Right. James, uh, John Brennan lied to Congress. See, this is one of the things that I think is causing people. Look, people, I don't think people want to be all in behind Hillary Clinton or whoever is running on that side and all in on Donald Trump. But they're having to pick sides because they're realizing, wait a minute, uh, you know, if you're going to get this guy, and I think Roger Stone is a very bad guy, uh, if you're going to hold him to that standard, well, what you about everybody What about over here? Yeah. We have to be uniform. And that's what's causing so much uprising in all around the world is people realize, wait a minute, I'm being, I, the average citizen, I'm being held to a much different standard than anyone else. And exactly. if the people in power don't like somebody on my side, they'll get them. And I think that's what makes the Mueller investigation so lopsided, is that they have not gone after or charged anyone on the Democrat side, within the FBI, any of those people. They have not done a thing. And it yeah, makes no, me wonder, Peter if, Peter if, Strzok, if their job... Peter Struck and, right, and Lisa Page. If their job is to find anything untoward, you would think they would at least find something on those people. to going after the candidate, Donald Trump, because they, yes, like they didn't like him. they didn't like him. Wasn't it Tony totally Podesta's brother who immediately, when this story broke, immediately left and closed down their business... Yeah. That doesn't seem strange to anyone. I don't have any information on Hillary, anything, but something. destroys 13 devices. Yeah. Hillary so lost 30,000 30,000 emails. 30, <laughs> emails. Listen, I, I, I'm not commenting on Roger Stone. I don't, I don't like his tactics. I understand what he does for a living and gets him a living. However, 
I, it, you know, if you're going to pre-dawn raid the guy, you know, 27 agents in full flak and full, you know, machine guns, et cetera, at five in the morning in his home, while he's in man. his pajamas. Yeah. I mean, why, how do you look the other way with Clapper, Brennan, Hillary, they, I heard and, this, and the rest of them? I heard this earlier today. They sent more people in to get Roger Stone than they sent to Benghazi to yep. save. That is amazing. Yep. And that and, is a and, great, and a great analogy. Horrible, horrible thing to think about, actually. If you know, uh, I'm close friends with a lot of the Benghazi guys. Just even hearing that is just a terrible. That terrible was thing. one of that was one of the things that that. To me, that's, these things are all stacking up. We're getting to an implosion of trust um, because they're stacking up and people are seeing that's not true. Yeah. What, what happened in Benghazi and then what happened here and then what happened here and then what happened here. And now you get to a point to where we'll get to it. Deep fakes are coming in and they're taking real video, video that we can verify from, you know, a hundred different users and we can verify what you're saying is false, and they're expecting us just to take it. Yep. Well, people are not going to, because it's not justice. It's not justice. Well, it's what you touched on earlier, Glenn, I, and I can't believe I'm fixing to utter this out of my mouth, but Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar I know, I agree. probably proclaimed the most honest, real yep. thing that's going on in our country right now and Whoopi Goldberg, we Whoopi Goldberg was we talking. Do, do uh, we have that? We, we have to jump up uh, four, three or four elements if you can. Uh, I'll tell you what, we'll tee that up in the, uh, you have it now in the control room? Let's take a listen. Why is, do we keep making the same mistake? Because we're, we're desperate to get Trump out of office. <laughs> That's why. People laugh. People laugh. She was in last year. They laugh and she smiles. She's proud of them. Yeah. yeah. This is the problem, it's, but, but, but hear me on this. I think this, it was the same thing for some people on the right. Anything to get Hillary Clinton, anything. Yeah. If you don't think that the 2020 election is going to be on the left, anything yeah. to get Donald Trump, we as people have to step back from the cliff and say, no, truth matters truth matters so let me let me be fair on this because uh, we have to we have to talk about it we can't just say it's just, it's always them on the right you remember in the d during the late stages of the 2016 election you remember all this uh i don't know news was coming out that she was sick hillary was sick there's something yes. wrong with her. she's coughing yeah. look at the cough fit she had mm -hmm. look she couldn't couldn't make it up the stairs was that fake news no i think i think that's more of a vacuum uh, coming from news, yes. Coming from opinion, perhaps not, to question. There's never a bad question as long as it's honest. When you saw all of those things with her, you know, what was that? Yeah. And with a vacuum of no answer, that's what John, happens. John, what... Um if you agree, I, I do agree. I think that it is fair to ask, but I don't know if like Fox News and the even conservative outlets weren't reporting, you know, Hillary Clinton is sick. I think you're right. They were asking the question. But most of what I saw was funny memes and kind of people making fun of it when she was oh, falling down. The I don't stairs. know. I think there was there, a, were, I, I there, was, there was there was a, a concerted uh, campaign to, to paint her as as. You know, who knows? And very sick. Yeah. Now, I remember when she had trouble getting into the van. It happened to be like 100% humidity and 97 Let's degrees. Now, here's the thing. That's where the Rubicon, that's where they cross the Rubicon. 
you can look at that and you could say a, a legitimate read of that without any answers and with from dishonest people on the other side that will lie right to your face. You could look at that and say, I think she's sick. Yeah. And if the other side lies to your face all the time and they're known for that, you can't trust them, so you have to go to the video. But you could also say it was 100 degrees outside and it was really hot, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's, that's where the media and the disagreement has been. But now we are denying what our eyes can see. I got more. Melania Trump uh, had some surgery. She had some elective surgery, what, six months ago or so? And she was in the hospital for a while. And people were saying, what's going on? They were making accusations. They were wondering if she was sicker than she may have been after 20 days. I think we're going on 50 or 60 days since we've heard from Ruth Bader Ginsburg now. This is an opinion show. Glenn, under your assessment, should we ask the question, is Ruth Bader Ginsburg okay? Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, Melania Trump has been the most maligned uh, uh, first lady of all time. Uh Nobody, the way they treat her or ignore her is absolutely reprehensible. Um, And I don't know if it's, she just doesn't have the toned arms that Michelle Obama had, (laughs) that we all had to kneel down and worship for a while. Um, but it's reprehensible what they're doing. To question her is different. She is not a leader of anything. She's a wife of the president. So curiosity, what's happening with her? That's it. With Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she is a Supreme Court <laughs> yeah. justice. A lot of things get a lot of things get halted or messed up if right. something's going right. on with her. Like right. uh, you know, the Supreme Court. I it's would a big, di- it's and a big like deal. Scalia, it's a big and deal. he was sick. I would want to know. Yeah. It. And likewise, but, Hillary was being ready to be the president of you know the country. So well, I, I just I meant the the unfair treatment in 20 right. days. We're asking where's. Melania, right. and then some and nobody's saying days anything about Ruth Bader. Yeah, there should be hey, accountability. Check. If you can't perform your duties, those are yeah. things that should be addressed, especially as something and, as a Supreme and Court the justice. The reason why they're not addressing that is because the Supreme Court vacancies do charge up the right. The right rallies around that because they know how important the left has made the Supreme Court. Yep. The, I haven't heard the, uh, the, the right asking where the heck is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I watch because a lot of TV. we all know. She's sick. She's, she's, I mean, it's only a matter yeah, of time. The point is, if, they, if, the, if the left can, if we can hold the left yes. uh, at, at some sort of arm's length for saying, where's Melania after 20 days? Why aren't the right, why aren't the Fox News, if why I remember, aren't reporting, hey, where's Ruth Bader Ginsburg? I haven't seen Well, didn't the White House offer an answer? I, 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 I'm trying to remember the timeline, but I thought the White House gave a response saying that she is a... Uh, she, she's having a routine surgery. I don't remember exactly what the surgery was. Right. But I, they did at least attempt to give an answer, whereas with Bader Ginsburg, we haven't seen anything. Hey, uh, chat, um, is, is fake news talking... Orange man, bad! <laughs> is fake news talking about where the heck is Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Uh, no, not yet. They, they, she, is, uh, she goes away and then pops up. It's like whack-a-mole with uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We don't know where she's going to appear. You guys just missed it. We went to a commercial break here on CNN, but apparently the breaking news is that Stacey Abrams, the Democratic uh, governor hopeful in the state of Georgia in 2018, is now set to deliver the response, the Democratic response to the State of the Union address. I've got a feeling she'll still be lying between that gap in her teeth. Now, the other thing that's going on, they managed to dig up the Reverend, the Reverend Al Sharpton, who 
of course, is coming at Trump with all of these so-called violations of non-disclosure agreements out of the White House. You know, he can't keep anybody employed. And of course, Chris Christie wrote a book. Everybody that's ever been in the same room with Donald Trump has to write a book about that. And of course, uh, Ari Melber is comparing Trump and his NDAs with uh, well, with popular rappers, apparently. So, you know, that's going on. Oh, and I'll tell you one other thing that happened, and I don't know if you guys will believe that. We should take our own poll, I think, around the studio. But apparently CNN has just reported that 32% of members of the GOP say that they should not nominate Donald Trump. It's, wow. gotten, it's gotten to a point here, guys, and, and I just want you to know that, the, that even the commercials at this point have become anti-Trump. It's absolutely ridiculous <laughs> you know, on Chad, here. Chad, you, uh, you pointed out something. I call him the godfather of fake news. <laughs> Reverend Al Sharpton, uh, Tawana Brawley. That goes oh, back yeah. to 30 years or so, and that ended up being a, a fake news story oh, yeah, that, yeah. that was close to ruining a lot of people's lives. Sarah, do you have any updates, any questions, any comments that are, uh, we need to talk about at the table? Yes, yes, I do. Uh, tweet number one is from Jenny. Jenny wants to know, with the left controlling the most popular social media platforms, how can conservatives counter their biases without creating an entirely new platform for all, which, as we know, would cost a lot of time and a lot of money? No, but it also does something worse. We cannot uh, isolate ourselves to our own platform because we'll only be talking to ourselves. We have to be a part of of every, uh, every platform. The, the thing that we can do, and I hate to make this sound like a, well, I, it is. It is a plea to make sure that you support, and I don't care if it's the Daily Wire and Ben Shapiro, and you say, that's the one. I don't care if it's Bill O'Reilly, that's the one. We're trying to get the media to work together, and that's why we merged and never raised the price of 9.99. You need to support, because the only thing that stops us uh, from going away is the one-to-one -one subscription. We're not dependent then on on um, on commercials. We d we're not vulnerable to boycotts. We still run commercials. We still do those things. But as long as we have a relationship with our monthly subscriber, they cannot cut that. Beyond that, I've talked to several people. Peter Thiel is one of them who is looking at a, uh, a platform redesign. Uh, I am looking and talking to people in Silicon Valley um, with basically the plea is, look, if things get out of hand, we need a pirate ship kind of pirate radio kind of attitude that we have servers offshore where a voice of America can survive. Because I am convinced that um, we, we will most likely make it but the attack on our voices and to put us behind a ghetto wall is coming. So before we go to the next one, Glenn, you made a very good point that this, uh, we're, we're, we're supported by you, the subscribers. And right now this is free. It's going on YouTube. It's going on Facebook. It's going on Blaze TV. But if you use Blaze TV Live as a promo code, you go to blazetv.com, go to uh, use Blaze TV Live, your promo code, and you'll get 10% off, 10 bucks off a year. You got to do it. It keeps this thing going because uh, tomorrow it won't be free. But, and urge, but, your, urge your other media conglomerates that you believe in to come together. We don't all have to work for each other. I don't control your show. You don't control my show. We disagree with stuff. It's fine. That's the way it should be. And but we've got to, as to quote Franklin, 
hang together or we will certainly hang separately. And the good news about this, this massive media uh, conglomerate that, that you and Mark and the rest of us have put together, you want this one subscription. You can watch Glenn. You can watch Levine. You can watch Phil Robertson down in Louisiana. You can watch our show from D.C., John from, from D.C. as well. Rob Eno is going to join the table in just a second. Um, you get them all and for it's one not, price. You don't see this on Fox. You don't see this on CNN or MSNBC. We have the entire spectrum. We have from a diehard GOP, I don't care what they do, just elect a GOP person, to the most libertarian, I can't stand the GOP, but they're the only ones standing somewhat for the Constitution. We, the only prerequisite here is you don't hate the United States of America and you don't want to flip the Constitution into something that we don't recognize. All right. Now, Sarah, give us another one. Uh, yes. So tweet number two, JB wants to point out, compare the treatment of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Clearly, she has loony ideas, also oh, yeah. loony eyes. This is my Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez oh, eyes. Yeah. Uh, clearly, she has loony ideas to Sarah Palin. Compare those two. They crucified Sarah Palin. Well, I think, I'll just uh, weigh in, I think uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a better dancer. I'll just start right there. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a great question, though. That alone's a qualification, right? Did anybody read Selena Zito's uh, piece today that came out? Selena Zito is a great reporter. Uh, she's the one that got it right on Donald Trump. Um, she came out and she said... Well, not the one. Well, no, no, no. I mean... <laughs> there was another one. No, 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 I know. But she, what she got right was uh, the psyche of not taking him seriously, uh, but uh, how did she say that? Uh, don't, uh, the Donald Trump supporters uh, don't take him literally, they take him seriously. seriously. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and so she wrote a piece today about how Cortez and Trump, it's the same tactic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's the same tactic. Mm -hmm. And look at how they hate Donald Trump using that tactic but they're fine with Cortez. Yep. Yeah. Right. Oh, one, wait, uh, John, we'll get in here one second. One more. We have, a, we have another one, Sarah? Yes, this is a, a pretty serious one. Tweet number three, Jenny, another Jenny, wants to know, do you think violence will erupt during the 2020 election? John Miller. Will violence erupt? I mean, I hope not. I, I, you can't predict what's going to happen uh, in a matter of years. And in the direction that we're heading, uh, I hate to say it, but I think that there's a huge possibility. We're already seeing violence in the streets um, even in D.C. with you know, Antifa and these clashes that we're seeing, um, there is violence after the 2016 election. So and I, leading I no up to reason. it. Yeah. Rob Eno is going to join the, the table right now. Rob, um, leaving, leading up to 2016, there, were, there was a growing amount of violence on both sides. Let's be honest. Yeah. On both oh. sides, uh, protesters, and, and it, it did. It, it birthed the Antifa crowd. Yeah. And maybe even some other people who on the right who, who would feel who acted the same way. Yeah, but it goes back further than that. I mean, if you remember at the Tea Party rallies, you had an African American Tea Party gentleman that was decked out in his you know Gadsden flag and all of that stuff, and and they went after him and they they went and attacked him. It's something, it's something that's been around for a long time on the left. I can remember being at rallies and things like that, and you Unions. know union guys. Yeah, I, I was I was at a. A debate in Massachusetts, of all places. I was a Republican in Massachusetts. You know, we fit in a phone booth. <laughs> um, but there, there was a union that, at this debate on um, Congress Street, if you know right where Faneuil Hall is, they had two by fours and they were pushing young college Republican women into oncoming traffic to get them off of the street. Mm. But you tell that story and like, no, no, you're lying. That didn't. No, it, no, it happened. So it's been a long time. But you know, there's. 
I, I think both sides are starting to see it. It was the Washington Post um, had a story with, you know, we really should impeach Trump, but, you know, his supporters might get violent. I don't know if you guys saw yeah. that a couple days ago, that, that, which is amazing can, can I, to me. But that's th- the kind of crazy stuff that they deal with. May I just say, where on the right have they gotten violent? We've had kooks, but where is the group like Antifa? There, there is no group, and I'm tired of the Nazis who are national socialists. And the leader here in America, Spencer, says, I'm for universal health care. I do not agree with the Bill of Rights. This is not a movement on the right, period. It's not. I mean, yeah, the history of the United States, the history of violent movements in the United States has been overwhelmingly liberal. All right, I want to talk a little bit about... um, Sarah, any more? Do we have anything provocative that we can talk one more before we do? That's it? Uh, anything provocative? Uh, I mean, we can go into some other tweets. We've got to... Okay, all right. Will you, t- uh, will being... you tell the, the, the young lady behind you that we can see her computer? So she better be... She better be only, yes. Oh, G-rated, G-rated computer screens only. And, and by the way, there's a big grizzly bear right near her. <laughs> better be careful. Be careful. Yeah, I, that That's is a, a little bit bear, worrisome. And I'm glad to say... <laughs> I know right. the person that so, brought so, so, Glenn, <laughs> CNN, I think, was the first out there with these, this, this massive amount of Trump derangement syndrome, where it's almost like no matter what he did, it was wrong. But it was good for business for them, was it not? Well, I think, let, let me take it from another angle. It was good business for Fox when it was Obama. No doubt. And um, there were those people who would say, I can't think of anything uh, good about him. Um, I could think about some things that were kind of okay about him, uh, but my argument with him was his policy and his philosophies. That's not what's happening here. They despise him personally. Mm-hmm. They want to destroy him personally. And he, you know, look, he's not always my cup of tea, um, <laughs> but his policies, what, what changed me was, we had no record of him actually going, actually standing for and doing the things he said during the campaign. But a reasonable person has to now look and say, okay, is he doing those things? Yes, for the most part. Why people can't look at Donald Trump and say, look, I don't like him personally on the left. I don't like him personally. I don't like his approach. I don't like this, but this, this, and this, He has done, and I like or don't like that. We should be talking about what he's actually doing. You mean like bringing down unemployment across the board, women, African-Americans, Hispanics, the total economy going up? I am so against the trade thing with China, but what he's doing right now with a 5G network and bringing that company down, that is the most important national security thing I have seen since Reagan. I want to bring John in. John, I, I'm going to skip one, you guys. I'm going to go down to, to Jim Acosta's tweet. Jim Acosta is probably the most, uh, I don't know, pain in Trump's ass. Let's, let's call it that. We're yeah. in the briefing room. You've seen yes. him. He's annoying. Has Jim Acosta... And everyone else is in that room, by the way, too. What? You think so? Yeah, you talk to people... And are they, they are annoyed because he's really uh, getting. They a lot might of be. Attention. He gets a ton of attention, and he knows he. Gets, I don't know what his reporting is about. I don't know what he talks about. All I know is that he's the one in the briefing room making a scene. Um, but he ruins it for a lot of those people because he takes up their time. It, 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 arguably, they aren't doing those press briefings because of Jim Acosta, 
and that entire can we, fiasco. Can we that's when they Tapper stopped. Was, can we put that Jake Tapper tweet? was good. was a good uh, on the ground White House right. reporter. Let, let, let's put the tweet up very quickly. Jim Acosta, we are not the enemy of the people, and the truth is worth the fight. More coming soon. Um, and that's his book. Can I ask, can I ask <laughs> I, a question? I, I do not like the president saying the press is the enemy of the people. However, at the same time, I mean, you're the media guy. You're the watchdog for the blaze on the media. How else can you describe bald face lies to the American people like with Covington uh, Catholic? You, you can't. It's what they do. I mean, it, it, Covington Catholic, Jim Acosta, Jim Acosta stood up. The, the thing that Jim Acosta is known for is when he got into that shouting match yes, with Trump. Yes. He stood up and said, they're not coming to the border. They're not fighting. They're not doing these things. When you had video of them Correct. throwing Likewise. rocks and projectiles Correct. at the Mexican border right. police. I mean, that's a violent, violent thing. But he stood up there. He knows that that happened. If he didn't, shame on him. But he knows that that happened. And then you so, have... Everybody that works with them in the media took his side. So I but, hate to say that they're they're enemies of the people. I used but, to hate yeah. it, but I'm there now. I'm at the point where you have people threatening these kids' lives based on a lie that they told and a lie that they knowingly told. And those kids' lives are in danger, possibly, because of reports that they got completely wrong and they didn't retract them. Well, when How Buzzfeed, else can you not call that the enemy Buzzfeed runs people? with a story... Uh, that gets immediately discredited by the, their only right. two sources, you might say there are certain aspects of the media that can be enemy, enemies of the people. Stay with you, Rob, for a second. Let's throw a couple of these, these pictures up here, a couple of tweets. Let's go with uh, the Atlantic cover, Impeach. When, when Jeffrey Goldberg, the editor of Atlantic, said, I'm biased, but I think we have a good-looking cover coming up, Impeach. That reminded me of this magazine cover, the Weekly Standard. Remember this one? With Trump's face like that. And then the other one, the National Review. This one was the one that gets me. This is during the election. <laughs> this is Rich Careful Lowry. <laughs> Rich Lowry is the editor of National Review who had that. And he was as anti-Trump as they can come, including trying to get him to not win the, the nomination, the, the uh, Republican nomination. Now, he flipped to pro-Trump. Because they were against Trump. That, notice that cover doesn't say never Trump. It says against Trump, which is different than the folks that are never Trump yes. and are still never Trump when, the, when he actually does what they want or, yeah. or has conservative principles. The, the problem with the Weekly Standard is they just took their principles and threw them off the yep, side of the exactly board right. so that they could be against Trump. I mean, I remember I was on the radio with you during the campaign. I, I was actually on the Ted Cruz thing, and I was, I was one of the only reporters on the ground in Cleveland covering the... Um, the vote your conscience thing, that mm -hmm. there were a few of us. I was, I was on mm -hmm. that beat for conservative review mm -hmm. during the 2016 election. I remember when I was on the radio with you, we talked about the, the infrastructure plan and how Trump's infrastructure plan was bigger than Obama's, which was bigger than the New Deal. Right. And Republicans were against the New Deal then. They were against right. it now. They were against, but Trump's was going to be bigger, but it was policy that we were yeah. disagreeing with him on. Right. It wasn't personality. It wasn't those sorts of things. And I think that's important. And, it was, and that's the difference between the National Review and the Weekly Standard. Right. And it's important, too. Uh, really important. You guys have been friends of mine for at least a decade. You both know me. And we have come together and we've talked about all of this uh, in the past. You have to, if you're a, if you're a thinking human being, you have to be able to look at the facts and say, okay, we, this is a really important thing. Here he is with these things. I don't trust that he's going to do those things because he has no record. However, 
Once he's president, you must zero set and say it doesn't matter. The people spoke, and I'm going to watch him, and I'll call balls and strikes. Great. And the problem with uh, the, uh, the the first one, the one with bankruptcy, weekly, 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 standard. weekly, weekly standard. standard, was Bill Crystal never did that. Of course he never not. Reset. And when you, when you have heritage... Heritage is saying Trump's first year in office was more successful than Ronald Reagan. And you have so-called conservatives at the Weekly Standard saying, well, we don't really care about that because we hate Donald Trump. Those are not people who are about principles. Those are not people who are about ideas. Those are people who just hate Donald Trump for the sake of hating him. If you go to, if you go to McDonald's and you say to me, oh, McDonald's does nothing right. I can agree with you on the shake. It's not even ice cream. It's not nothing. Okay, I got it. But if you can't tell me, but they have the greatest fries on the planet... You're a liar, and I don't <laughs> trust you. You know, you can't look at Donald Trump and say there's nothing good there. If you're a conservative, he has done just Jerusalem alone is epic, Huge. is epic. We, uh, we also wanted to cover some of the massive corrections that the media has been doing lately. Let's put up the, uh, you know, the, the Washington Post, when they, going back to the Covington kids, tweeted about um, the, the, the Vietnam uh, veteran, Phillips, and they said, oh, you know, Phillips Vietnam fought in the era. Vietnam War, and then they did this correction. Let's put up the correction very quickly. Earlier versions. Earlier versions. <laughs> that was our screwed-up yeah. story from before. Earlier versions of the story incorrectly said that Native American activist Nathan Phillips fought in the Vietnam War. Phillips said he served in the U.S. Marines but was never deployed in Vietnam. But Glenn, you have a, you have a word that, that, that came out that was, uh, made the difference. The era. But see, this, is, this again shows you the bias in the media and shows how you cannot trust. Okay, he's said he's a Vietnam-era veteran. Okay, fine. We said he fought in the Vietnam War. He didn't fight in the Vietnam War. Okay, but what didn't they correct? What didn't they see? They saw a man, they interviewed a man who said, I've seen hate before because I was, I, during my time as a Marine, I saw that hate. Well, could you go back and ask, as a refrigerator repair man in <laughs> Omaha who during your service. Who went AWOL? Yeah, yeah who went AWOL three times. Where did you see the hate? Where did you see that? In the kitchen. Yeah. But, but I'll give the Washington Post credit. Real quick. I'll give the Washington Post credit. They put the correction in. CNN materially changed their story about the Covington kids. Materially changed their story. Not once, not twice. Three or four times. Didn't put a correction in, and that's their editor-in-chief at CNN.com went on a podcast at Recode and said how important it was to gain the trust of people to go beyond the democracy dies in darkness and facts first campaigns mm. and to make sure that they actually explained why they changed things. Well, we're still, and, we're and, still and they waiting. Didn't. We're still waiting for, you know, the shoe to drop with BuzzFeed. Editor-in-chief Ben Smith still stands by the story. Uh, has been widely, uh, you know, criticized and actually pushed back on by the special counsel Robert Mueller's office. Let's do this here, guys. Um, I'm going to bring in my good friend, New York Times best-selling author of Killing the SS, mm -hmm. the hunt for the worst war criminals in history, and host of No Spin News, the podcast on BillOReilly.com. My very good friend for a very long time. Looking very cash, my friend. Very, very cash. I uh, like the uh, teal T-shirt under the flannel yeah, shirt. Yeah, I mean, Look, what happened to the Bill O'Reilly with the tie? And but, the stick up the butt. But, Bill, what happened to but, that man? But Bill, you've been listening to our assessment of the media, <laughs> and I know you love this topic, so we wanted to come and get your two cents on Trump derangement syndrome and has the media really lost all credibility? 
All right. Well, first of all, Bowling, thank you for having me on. Second of all, thank you for having Colonel Sanders sitting next to you. That's a treat. <laughs> and uh, I, I expect the chicken That's to be just... sent momentarily. Well. Um, look, uh, I wrote a column on BillOReilly.com entitled Bad Moon Rising from the Credence Song. And, and I basically said in a column that media bias is that that's passe. I mean, that that's little change now. OK, that's not even in mm -hmm. consideration. Now you have an ally, a formal arrangement between the national press and the progressive movement. It all has to do with Donald Trump. Yes. But there's more than that. All right. It's legitimizing people like. Congressman Ocasio-Cortez, like uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, Senator Kamala Harris, legitimizing their cries for outright socialism, seizure of private assets, legitimizing uh, the House action today to take the word, so help me God, out of the oath in the House of Representatives, legitimizing all that. And worst of all, the horrendous abortion law just passed here in New York State, where I am right now. So the media has no problem with any of this. In fact, they like it. They like these folks. And they're going to promote them and continue to mainstream them so that people who don't really pay attention, who don't watch CRTV, The, the Blaze, BillOReilly.com, they, they don't watch any of that. O'Reilly, O'Reilly, okay? this is not news, though. This has been, as you point out, it's been going on since, you know, no, the, the, the founding of the Republic. The but public. my point is, have, have, you, know, you know, remember the Fonz Jump the Shark episode? Has the media jumped the shark now with the, with the BuzzFeed story about Trump directing Michael Cohen to lie to, to, to a special counsel with immediate pushback from special counsel? And then within days of that, the, the whole story about Covington Catholic kids. There is literally a massive meltdown and breakdown of, of the media going on right now. See, but you, you see that from your perch. But believe me when I tell you, the six corporations, who run the national media in this country mm -hmm. do not see it that way. You know, I, I, there, in, what was it, 1983, there were 50 corporations controlling 90% mm -hmm. of the media outlet in America. Now there are six, all right, from 50 to six. And those six corporations, all right, with the exception of maybe 21st century, which doesn't know what it wants to do now, um, well, do, do, do you, do you include uh, Facebook and, 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 and Amazon yeah. and, and Netflix Absolutely. in, in, in these the six? Mm -hmm. Yes. Absolutely. It's, it's, synergy. it's synergized. And so you're saying, oh, they've jumped the shark, that people will be outraged that the Covington kids were convicted and that the buzz thing feed was phony. No, they won't. Because most people don't pay attention. Okay, so Bill. They just get, they just get this stuff. And, and the media is in lockstep with progressive socialism, good, Trump, traditional values, bad. Period. So, Glenn wants a question, but did you say Trump, traditional values, bad? Because I think that therein lies the problem. You, you don't have us against them. You have us against them and them where the Trump vote or the right vote is bifurcated between pro-Trump and anti-Trump. Not really. Forty-five percent of the of the people are staying with Trump, and and the anti-Trump people in the Republican Party are very few in number. 
So I don't see that as the uh, the major issue going forward. You think forward. the anti-Trump wing of the Republican Party is small in nature? I think the it's I weak. think the never Trump people are ineffective um, because they don't um, uh, they they haven't addressed reality of of areas of success. So you can disagree. But, but there's not many of them. Yeah, they're, they're, I don't think they're effective. There's not many of them. And, and, hey, Bill, you know, George, enough, well, to, let me give enough, enough to derail a, a, a re-election for no, sure. Not, no, no, no. He's George got 30% of the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of, the, 30% of the right is, is his base. I mean, do the math. He needs to win every state well, well, that he won last time. Every today. one of them. Look, just look at the polls out today, Bowling. All right, yeah. just look at them. Trump's base is 43. He needs 7% to win. That's not a Rasmussen right? poll, now, is it? Now, on the never-Trumper front, you telling me George Will has any following at all? No. Does anybody care what he has? No. Peggy Noonan? I, I think Rove is still a player. I think Mitt Romney is now a U.S. senator. I think there are a lot of... Uh, Mitt when Romney just have, said he would vote against the, the, the crowd in the Senate. If you have a socialist, as long as the economy is okay... You have an avowed socialist that is now coming. Not talking about Barack Obama, who said it's racist to call me a socialist. We're talking about people who are like, yeah, socialism works. When you have somebody that is that radical and the base of the Democratic Party saying you're too far radical, you will have enough, as long as the economy is good, to solidify the right and get enough of the independents who are like, look, I don't like Donald Trump. I don't like some of the stuff he does, but we are not a socialist nation. Go ahead, Bill. I'm just saying that you have to advance this story, and and, and it's important that people who watch this program and go to BillOReilly.com and listen to Beck on the radio and go to The Blaze, that they know it's no longer about media bias. All right? Mm -hmm. It's about money, because the big corporations, Disney, Comcast controls NBC, CBS, want to make money, all right? And they know they can target a liberal crew that hates Trump for a consistent audience. And that's what they're doing. So, Bill, can I They're ask not you? seeking the truth. Can so I that's ask number one. And number two, the New York Times and the Washington Post, the only two newspapers of note left in America, have banded together and said, we want progressive socialism. We want and we're going to validate it. So the combination is way beyond any bias that Bernie Goldberg wrote about way back when, or that we experienced all three of us in our television careers. Yes. It's way beyond that now, and people need to know it. Yeah, but, but we, we, we show that. We know that, Bill. And we, by the way, it's no news I'm that the New York I'm not so sure you Times... know it, Billy. I've been looking at your hair, and I'm not so <laughs> sure. A little jealous. I, a lot, I feel, I'm too feeling much jealous time in here, right? I'm, I'm feeling. I can give you. I can, I can tell you where to go. Um, but we know the the New York Times and the Washington Post are never going to lean right. We know that the vast majority of mainstream media is going to be be left. But when you have a situation where when the National Review says uh, Atlantic impeach Trump, National Review says anyone but Trump. Uh, Bill Crystal, one of your pals that used to have on TV, who says we got to get rid of this guy. You are you are taking a percentage of a maybe an, an undecided right leaning voter and saying, well, maybe I'm not going to vote for Trump or maybe I'll stay home. Look, I never had Bill Crystal on a factor one time <laughs> in 20 plus years. 
I, I think I said I in a baseball I, game together. Something. I don't put ideologues on, on television. <laughs> all right. And number two, there I don't think there's one conservative human being in this country who doesn't understand that the Supreme Court is numero uno. All right. So if you want Raul Castro to be the next nominee, vote in uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren. Okay. So sometimes you have to vote for the greater good, even though you don't like your choices. So I'm not, I'm so worried about that. I'm worried about the independent voters and the voters who do not pay attention. They could throw the election to somebody who's going to ruin the United States. Can I ask you a question, Bill? Um, sure. The, um, tell me the difference, um, and if we are in worse shape or better shape, uh, than when we had Walter Cronkite as the most trusted man in America who was so far out of step, and we now know that he was, you know, a progressive doesn't... Very liberal guy. One of the yes. most dangerous human beings in the history of America, by the way, he because was, of his following. Right. He was, he was all-powerful, and there was no chance to hear another side. Are we better off... Then, when we all were kind of brainwashed by this, you know, by these three, these three men, or even though we are having real harsh debate right now, we are allowed and the voices are being heard and people are being exposed for who they are. As much as ugly as it is right now, aren't we better off than we were? No. And I'll tell you why. I worked for CBS when Rather was in the anchor chair, and I worked for ABC when Jennings was in the anchor chair. And at those times, those uh, three networks dominated the television news flow mm -hmm. out. All right. My job was a correspondent, a news correspondent, not a commentator as I am now. There were standards at both places, CBS News and ABC News. If you were going to report something, you had to back it up with facts. So there was a mandate to seek the truth. So when you brought your report in, you were asked, how do you know? How do you know? It's gone. Nobody's looking for the truth anymore. All right. It's all agenda-driven reporting, anonymous sources. How many times have we seen anonymous sources say something that wasn't true? Right. Hundreds so let since me, Trump took over. Let me okay? ask. So that's the big thing. And you had Eric Severide, by the way, Mm -hmm. on the Cronkite broadcast, who brought a little bit of perspective in. Um, so we are worse off now okay. than we've ever been in the history of this republic, media-wise. Um, let, um, let me ask you one last question. How important is it for those of us who believe what we believe to destroy and discredit, because I think they're doing that themselves, or is it better for us to spend the time to learn how to find the truth and critical thinking and just to be leaders ourselves and learn how to decipher the truth? Which, which is, what should we be doing, Bill, as American the people? Okay, the individual American has a responsibility to his or her country. That's where you, st you start there. Part of the responsibility is not to help villains. So let me give you a, a real vivid example. Senator Kamala Harris. Now, I don't know the senator, and I've never spoken to her, but I did watch her performance 
at the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. She condemned and convicted that man based on no evidence at all. None. All right? Everybody saw it. No due process. So now Senator Harris is running for president. And 20,000 people show up to hear her quasi-socialistic platform. Quasi? All right? (laughs) Are those people upholding what this country is all about? Due process, fairness, seeking the truth? No, they're not. So the American who's appalled by this needs to speak out by not watching vehicles that promote this kind of stuff and taking their money elsewhere. And that goes to sponsorship too. I don't want boycotts, but if you go on BuzzFeed and you see Toyota as a sponsor, I'm not buying a Toyota. I'm not. Well, well, Bill, That's what Americans Bill, can do. Bill, you just led us into the greatest uh, opportunity to say, you know, you can find Bill on BillOReilly.com and his book, um, Killing the, Killing the, the SS. SS, The Hunt for the Worst War Criminals in History. Always great books. Uh, but also Blaze TV, you know, go to BlazeTV.com and do that, uh, the Blaze TV Live, and you get $10 off. Bill, before we let Bill go, can I just get his camera again very quickly? Let me see. If the, so a couple things I learned. Number one, um, you're jealous of my hair. That's obvious. Yeah, Number two, I always have been bowling. I know. I, know. I always I know, have. Been. I know. I, even I, when I, I have, I'm jealous of your height. You're like six seven. I wish I'd love to have been six seven. And my look. And well, yeah, not no. so not so much. But 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 here's the most important thing I took away. You're like Creedence Clearwater Revival. You're a CCR fan. See, I had, I, I had you peg for Abba. No, he's much. You too know, old. I know he's you much did too bowling old for because you are so detached from reality, and you and the Colonel. All right. You need to really take a walk, get some fresh air. I'm a Fogarty guy. I am one of the hippest human beings what on this planet. <laughs> I just want you to know. Bill. At least we got a soundbite out of the Bill O'Reilly interview. Bill, I just, want, I just want you to know I'm a doctor, I'm a reverend, and I'm a colonel. Go ahead. Come on, bring it on, buddy. I, I beat you every time and with looks, and I smell like chicken. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And you have better hair than bowling. <laughs> All right. Bill, thank, thank you, Bill. you again. Always a pleasure. All right, guys. And we'll I think I, I I'm going to tease you. this. I think I'm going to sit down with you again a week from tonight at the State of the Union address. Hope to see you then, Bill O'Reilly, everybody. Yes, it's oh, always good times with Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> Completely um, wrong. Can we go over to Chad Prather? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chad, anything, anything this cool happening over on that side of uh, the studio? <laughs> hey, uh, well, I tell you what, there's things happening all around the world, but we wouldn't know by watching MSNBC or CNN. But what we do know is that Acting Attorney General Matt Whitaker says that the Mueller probe is almost finished. But, of course, Chris Christie says it doesn't feel like it should be almost finished. And then, of course, uh, Chris Matthews had a fresh thrill that uh, ran up his leg. I'm about to get a thrill right here because we're in Texas. And guess who came to visit me? I've been alone in here this whole time. And so I got Graham Allen to bring me one of Texas' own Dr. Pepper. God bless you guys. Why are you calling it Texas' own Dr. Pepper? I yes, love it Dr. is. It come, no, it comes from Texas. This from the Texas, Eric. No, this is Dr. Pepper here. He was a gynecologist, and let's not go into it. <laughs> this is some of the trivial knowledge you find out when you come here that the the uh, the uh, founder of Dr. Yeah. Pepper yeah, no, is a it, gynecologist from Texas. If we can well, get some Irish whiskey in true, this. But. Well, now, now you're talking. Now you're talking, Prather. Are you drinking over there yet? Is what's going on? No, but I'm ready to because I feel like I've been in the uh, in the in the vacuum chamber over here with Matthews. It's going is, is, nuts. Is, is he crying yet? Is is, he, is any tingles up his leg? This is so this the thrill up his leg. It's a fresh thrill. 
All right. Yeah. All right, Mr. Doc. I think there's a future uh, uh, spokesperson for Dr. Pepper. We're getting sponsors, Bo. Texas gynecologist. Sarah, Sarah, let's go bring it over to Sarah here in the studio on the other side of the studio. Any, uh, any good social media Yes. Commentary on maybe Bill. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I th those are still coming in right now, and they are pretty interesting to read. We're going to have to censor maybe some of those. Uh, but uh, Twitter is on fire right now. A lot of tweets to go through. The first one, uh, doesn't it concern anyone that the left is condemning Christians and openly calling for them to be ostracized? It reminds me of 1940s Europe. Propaganda against the Jews was vicious. Isn't mm. it the same hatred from the left these days? And more importantly, the media. Now, now, Sarah, you, earlier I was on your show, and you weighed in on this. What do you think of that one? Uh, I, I mean, I think that, you know, it, it's scary. It really is scary. And I think that people hate, you know, you hate to draw any kind of uh, correlations or anything like that to what happened to, you know, the Jews. Um, but it certainly is the, the trending thing right now to, to bash Christians and to bash Christianity when you look at, you know, the other side of the coin, if you say anything about a Muslim extremist, you know, not about Muslims as a whole, but about a Muslim extremist, I mean, that's enough to get you banned from society. So it is very, very scary. And it does seem like if you're if you're white, most importantly, and you're a Christian, you have a target on your back for sure. And, and, and let me bring Glenn in. But Glenn, you know, we, we elected America elected Minnesota elected a congresswoman who is who's basically standing by the belief that Israel should so be wiped off the map. There's two things that are, that are happening here. First of all, the, the disease is socialism. And I mean Marxist socialism. Not this, not this the, the, way they, the way they spin it. Oh, what they have in the Netherlands. That's capitalism. That's capitalism with a big welfare system mm -hmm. strapped mm -hmm. to it. Um, when socialism starts to rear its head, anti-Semitism is the canary in the coal mine. You will immediately hear anti-Semitic stuff. But you don't have to compare what happened in the 1940s with the Jews and the Nazis. Those were socialists who were also anti-Semitic, who also hated religion, all religion. And this is what's happening right now. Let me, let me, when you saw the kid on the steps with the hat, okay, he's a white kid. Socialism and what we're going through right now, um, this, uh, this, this, populism on the left has become a religion and what they're talking about is original sin you're white so you must pay for original sin if you're not guilty on that you're on something you're doing right now you're just guilty because you're a white guy it's become a religion and socialism is a religion if if there are competing religions then the state is not god and the state must be God. All right, let's, uh, let's, that's, we're, we're getting a little heavy right here. Let's, let's, let's break. do you have a fun one, Sarah? Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I do want to just remind you, you are talking with Glenn Beck, okay. he is the king of heavy. So. Can I give you a quick story? The yeah. first time I ever hosted a major television show was the Glenn Beck show because Glenn said, put that kid in the spot, and I, I, I'll never forget the first 3 two, one Glenn Beck. Remember that mm -hmm. 3 two, one yeah, countdown? Got, got. And uh, his producer, Gress Striegel, yep. I believe was his mm -hmm. name. So what would make you feel better? I said, I'm a baseball player. Can I hold a baseball bat? 
And they said, you know what? Hold the baseball bat. So here I am, first time ever. I'm hosting the massive Glenn Beck show, and I'm holding a baseball bat. Just I remember, a anecdotal story. I remember watching you on Fox, and you, I don't think you really kind of had a home yet. You were kind of just kind of, you were over in Fox Business, weren't you? I came from CNBC, and there was a yeah. fight. Well, can I go to Fox? Yeah, yeah. you're right. And, yeah. You were, and you were great, and I remember standing in Roger's office and saying, you know who I think is the up-and-coming guy? That's is bowling, and I'll tell you, I, I had a ball working with Glenn and, and, and that crew. Um, what do you got? Another comment? Yes. Uh, so speaking of you know uh, growing, making your way through your career in media, uh, someone wants to know. Let's see, Ke Dean wants to know how do we encourage conservatives to pursue careers in media and other culture affecting careers and spheres when today's media is so closed and with the future of big tech control of voices. Now, I would like to propose to you guys at the table that possibly we start building the media headquarters in places that aren't New York and California. Any so ideas, So the conservatives Sarah? will want to. Any, any, any idea? <laughs> I mean, it's nice here in Texas. Mm -hmm. I'm just Dallas, saying. Dallas? Dal Dallas, Texas headquarters. We're a little more comfortable here in Dallas than we might be in California or New York. Just people, that who out are, there. people who are my age will remember Paul Harvey, and he said that's the number one problem with the media. It's Los Angeles and in New York, and he said the best thing you could do is put the headquarters in the center of the company. I, I, I love that, and maybe we can do a little offshoot in South Charleston, South Carolina, <laughs> so I don't have to leave my beautiful, beautiful new home. Go Clemson Tigers. Um, I want to bring in these two young ladies who were here earlier and bring them back because this is a great question for you. Young, female, getting into, into media on the conservative side. Lauren Chen and Allie Beth Stuckey. Lauren, let's start with you. Tough. Do you, do you get a lot of grief from your friends? Yeah, well, it's hard because not only is the media already overwhelmingly liberal, so there's that, I guess, barrier to entry where if people do find out you're a conservative, you may not be getting any callbacks, but also as conservatives, we do tend to be conservative. I don't know about you guys, but my parents um, would have been a, a lot happier, at, you know, when I was in college, if I had said, hey, I want to be a doctor or an accountant or a lawyer. So, I mean, we tend to be really safe and want fiscal security. So I think that in and of itself is a barrier that a lot of conservatives just themselves need to get over if they really are passionate about spreading the message of conservatism. You know, Ali Beth, in, in New York, I, I moved to South Carolina, but I lived in New York for 35 years, and young people would constantly come up to me and say, you know, I want to be conservative, but my friends, they just really beat me up for being conservative. Yeah, I always tell people it's a lot easier to do what I do than it is to do what they do. It's a lot easier for me to talk about conservative Christian things that are unpopular because I'm probably not going to get fired for it. It's my job. But it's a lot harder to be a conservative Christian outspoken college student, a conservative Christian outspoken publicist, whatever it is, where you might risk your life and your livelihood uh, for speaking or your out. Grades. Or your grades, whatever it is, uh, speaking out for what you believe in. And so I would rather empower those people to do their jobs there. Don't think that in order to be bold or in order to make a difference that you have to be in the media. Great if you want to, but you might make more of an impact by being a college student that sticks up uh, to, you know, to the administration. And what is the media today? Right. Why do we say, I want to get into the media? Well, if you have a Facebook page, right. you're in the media. We started YouTube yeah, and Facebook. Exactly. Right. I mean, it's... I mean, yeah, how do you make money? How do, and, and, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not being antiquated, but, but literally, in, in O'Reilly said there are six media entities that are ruling the world. I disagree with them vehemently. I think there are six million doing it now. I think there are young people all over the world figuring out a way 
to be an influencer on Facebook and YouTube and, and, and make money and, right. and, and influence the when debate I, just by without the, the traditional forms of pipes that we're used to. When I first got into the media, you had to go to the FCC and take a test and get a license. Okay, <laughs> So I had a license um, to get in the media and then I had to wait for a corporation to hire me. Mm -hmm. You don't need any of that now. And, and that's the problem with these big institutions and the trouble that I see is they have these, these giant machines that were built for a different time and era. That They have all this money and power. And people like you two are coming along and you're just completely disrupting and you don't care about that. Every person needs to understand they are part of my audience for the first time in my life has an audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let me. Tell you, I want to hear this. I, it, this is this is wildly interesting. So, what is the process for a young person, conservative or or liberal, doesn't matter, to make an impact in media? Or old person. Well, I so I kept my day job until I came and I worked at the Blaze. But in my off time, I just started to write blog posts at the conservativemillennialblog.com, and I would do videos on my phone that I would maybe edit on my computer if I could figure that out, and then I would post them. I did that for a long time, not getting any views or any followers whatsoever. But after a while, people just started paying attention. It really is amazing the kind of audience that you can build. I already don't know if that might be shifting a little bit. I feel like we kind of came in and a little bit of a sweet spot. Mm -hmm. um, but it is totally possible to use the equipment that you have as long as you are listenable, you are saying something that people yeah, want but, and but need to hear. How do you monetize that, Lauren? Well, I mean, to monetize it and to make it out of career, you do need to not only have a message, you also, I think, having some good business sense help, but helps. But I think for a lot of people, it's not necessarily having to make this into a career. It's about wanting to be heard. Because I've been on so many smaller channels or part-time podcasters or whatever, which is you know how we both started off, who they don't necessarily want to make a lot of money doing this or make a name for themselves. They just want to get their message out yeah. there. And I think that's that helps because Th the more we can do That sounds good. But at the end of the day, and I hate that, I hate that term at the end of the day, but that sounds good, but I, I can love my message and it's getting out there, well, listen, but, but until I'm being paid for and I can pay the rent with it's it. It's not for everyone. If you don't have talent, don't do it. Do what you're good at. Work on your strengths, not your weaknesses. Like I said, people who want to start a YouTube channel, that's not for everyone. Not everyone is watchable, but you might be a great organizer. You might be great at planning events, something I am horrible at. Um, so I think do something that you're good at. And like I said, I kept my day job until I started working at the Blaze and they started paying me something. And I, so, I, I, I have to tell you, there's a couple of other things here. First of all, because you're in the media doesn't mean that you're doing a blog every day or you're doing whatever. It's you're a mom. You are yeah. a guardian of the truth. Go do your homework and your circle of influence. You are a media source. That's just as important as anything we're doing. The second thing is totally. we've been looking for talent for a long time. It used to be that I had to go and find somebody like you that people knew. Now there are people that I may not know that could be filling a 4,000-seat theater that yeah. everybody on the street is like, who the hell is that? They have their own followings. Mm -hmm. And this is the future, yeah, that's, not that's us. So true. And and it's, it's, the idea that there needs to be these giant media heads, that's how it's operated for the longest time. But, I mean, when I talk to my subscribers and, like, Twitter followers and ask them what content creators they're passionate about, it's smaller names. It's, you know, it's not someone on Fox News or MSNBC. Yeah. They're, maybe they're YouTubers, they're podcasters. They feel a part of a family exactly. more than they do looking at someone that they don't know. So you know who the biggest success story in that world is right now? 
Come on. Joe Rogan. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> My girl. She figured out that her talent was she got people to watch her because yeah. she was interesting. Mm -hmm. And she is really capitalized. I saw her, I saw her, what did they say? She was wearing a $3,500, and, and I'm, not, I'm not shaming anyone, but uh, she went from bartending to she really hit the big time now. Yeah, she has done a really good job of using her, using Twitter, using her yeah. platforms, using her followers. I was actually looking at her Instagram stories, which is really the medium that a lot of people are using right now. I mean, she's giving personal advice. She's giving skincare advice. She's also mm -hmm. saying this is the last book I God read. God bless her. People love that God stuff. Bless Same her. with it's, Beto, it's, actually. Glenn, we, we don't ascribe to anything she believes in philosophically, uh, politically, but we do ascribe to one thing. She is a free marketeer capitalizing on the free market. <laughs> well, she was somebody who, what, six years ago actually believed in the free market. Right. And <laughs> when she was in college, she was like, free market is where it's at. I'm a capitalist, and something happened along the way to change her mind. All right. I, I want to do this because I've, I've been teasing this throughout the show. Um, we need to pivot a little bit away from the, the, the millennial situation. to this. This blows me away, guys. This is something Glenn's been talking about for a very long time, uh, something that I just have started to get into, deep fakes. These are videos, these are snippets of people you know, people you recognize, saying things that you would never believe they would say. And you think, why would Barack Obama say something like that? Well, he wouldn't, because it's a deep fake. Can we roll some of the video? Watch that. Can what you tell which one? is fake, and one of them is 100% deep fake. So in other words, they t what they do, the algorithm now is so good, it can take and manipulate video. All they need is the video of somebody, and they can make him move, walk, even the gait. That, that is the main trait of anybody. That's what, that's what, when they're really looking to identify someone, it's beyond fingerprints. Everybody has their own gait. They can make it so your gait is exact. How scary is this, Glenn? So what are you supposed to do? So, so it's in, in, in my, my question to Glenn earlier, and I'd like you to, to answer it. Can you imagine if we have Kim Jong-un on a video like that saying, look at me, I'm pressing the button, I'm going to send a missile to the United States right now. The world will go into a massive panic. Okay, so the, the, um, uh, the national security agencies believe that this is the number one threat to the 2020 and 2024 yeah. election. They believe we're going to start seeing credible deep fakes for 2020. So look at it this way. Um, somebody comes out with a video and it's Donald Trump and a golden shower. Okay. And everybody's like, good God, it will be released. It will go viral. Everyone yeah. will say it's real. It doesn't matter after because you'll right. never get that out. Now, look at it the other way. Say that you have a real video like the Access Hollywood video where he's saying that. Once the deep fakes come out, you could have real video yeah. and it won't make brush a it difference. Yeah. Right. So what are you supposed to do? Well, they'll, they'll hide behind the deep fake. Uh, oh, I didn't do that. That That's was a deep, deep fake. fake. That's a deep fake. So that's why I think that this is, that's why I think this is so important. Did I just lose my mic? No, 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 you're, we're still going. So a quick thought on the deep fakes, you guys. Uh, it just you, freaks you, me you, out. It really makes me just want to go to sleep and not to think <laughs> about anything and to forget that this is happening. Because I don't, I don't know what to do. I mean, we're already in a place where you're not supposed to, 
um, or it doesn't matter. You can't believe your eyes. It doesn't matter what we see on a video. But now we have these deep fakes showing things about people. And I don't even worry as much about Donald Trump. I worry about, you know, the Covington kid yeah. or the random kid on the street whose uh, girlfriend decides that she doesn't like him anymore and so made up this random video. That's what I'm worried about. And I just have no idea how to combat that. Well, I think overall, I it means we need to be less reactionary, that we can't just go insane yes. because of a video, just one, one video clip. At the very least, we should be able to look at greater context, maybe what modus people might have in sharing this. We need to be more analytical, which is really hard because if there's one thing the social media age loves, it's... Uh, you know, outrage and Twitter twending, like people are canceled. So it's, it's, it's hard. But we have to start liking and caring about truth again. Yes. And I'm a little bit cynical yeah. that it, because you'll, you'll have people say, well, I don't care. It's a deep fake. I don't like this person. It doesn't matter. The moral yes. still stands. And so how do you get people to actually care about truth? So you're facts? not necessarily going to get that. I think what you're going to get is um, read Rudyard Kipling's uh, poem that he wrote right after World War One. Uh, about the gods of the copybook headings. The mm -hmm. last few lines is uh, the gods of the copybook headings with terror and slaughter return. So truth always returns. It just matters how far off the truth mm -hmm. and then pain causes people to return to the gold standard or truth. So you have that, but I, I dare I say it, and I think I'm in a comfortable space here to be able to say we A, have to start talking about truth and, and not sides. Don't try to win, try to find the truth, each of us in our own life. But our children, it is going to become more, more and more important. And spiritual people understand this. The Lord requires us to do our own homework, then bring it to Him for enlightenment. You have to reconnect to that spiritual side because that's what the Spirit does. It testifies to truth. And we have to be able to have an extra awareness. And it will only come if we are not angry, we are calm, we are rational, we're not trying to be first, and we're not trying to win. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to do this. Let me run over to Chad because I need to get light in the mood. Help us out here, my friend. What's going on? Yeah, I feel like all night long I'm, I'm the weather guy you keep throwing things over to. And actually, it fits perfectly because MSNBC right now is talking about climate change. Of course, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez has recently said that we've got about 12 more years to live before the world is going to end because of climate change. And if we don't take it seriously, they're currently calling Donald Trump the denier-in-chief. Of course, he tweeted talking about sub-zero temperatures, which, by the way, tonight there will be about 83 million Americans in sub-zero temperatures. So y'all be careful out there, you hear? And uh, try not to die. Try not to fall off the planet if it heats up too much. Can I ask you a yes, question, Eric? Glenn Beck. Um, look at everything that he has talked about tonight. Do any of the things that they have been covering for the last two hours, do any of those things actually matter to the average person? So, Glenn, I, I'm going to take the other side. I think the average, you, when you say average, do you mean the average right-leaning consumer of media? No, I mean the yeah, I think, average. I think the average person is concerned about climate change. I think they do. I'm not, but I think they, the media has got, and this is what this show is all about, the media has got into the average person's head. Young people, I think, are concerned about climate change. Well, you and I know that it's going to be 24 below zero in Chicago when I'm there tomorrow. And climate change is not, is not but an issue for us. But for young people, I, yeah, are you, are you scared issue. into believing that you 
may not see your 50s or 60s because of climate change? No, and that's not, don't get me wrong, I, I don't think pollution is a good thing. Uh, you know, my fiance and I, we're, we love nature, hiking. Pollution is not a, a positive thing. Um, and I think most people would agree about that. It's when people start talking about this, like, alarmism, yes. alarmism this Al Gore, and, you know, five or, years, we're going to be underwater. That's where you lose me. Or the solution of But you can't carbon. say it, people don't care about climate no, change. No, no, no. I would think no, more than I half disagree. Would, would, I think would be concerned about it. I think you're on the right track. My house, I, I built a house. It's 100% solar and green, mm -hmm. okay? It is an absolute green space. My daughter next door composts. So we care about the planet, and like you, I don't want to, to add to pollution, et cetera, et cetera, but that is something that you do in your own life. Right. That is something that you You're care about. You're being ideological. You, you threw something at me. You said, has MSNBC or, C, or MSNBC or CNN talked about anything that, that the average person cares about? I think they do care about I Again... I'm on your okay, side so, with this. So give me, I, I, so, I, mean, I open my windows, turn on the air conditioning, and put up my barbecue. But so see, the as problem as with MSNBC, and you know, yeah, they're talking about let's talk about climate change and the environment. But have you noticed that their answer to climate change is socialism, socialism which incidentally would destroy all industry, which is Agreed. great for the environment. Agreed. That's you know one Agreed. thing. Lauren, but I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with Glenn. Wants. I'm simply saying we're not the average viewer. No, I I, re I recognize that. But what I what I am trying to say with that question is. What are real people worried about? They're worried about jobs. They're worried about their kids going to school. They're worried about safety. They're worried about the culture falling apart. They're worried about all these things. And the media is so out of touch. They continue. And we're doing it too. And I mean, average person, we're making everything about politics. And that's not where the average person is. Hang in there, my friend. Um, we want to check in with Sarah Gonzalez one more time. Sarah, give us some, uh, give us some hope, can you? Uh, well, let's, let's see if we can do that. Our first tweet says, instead of marching on Washington, which does not seem to work for conservatives anymore, <clears throat> paging Glenn Beck, paging Glenn Beck on this, would staging peaceful protests at media headquarters make the statement to journalists, no. journalists, that the people have had enough of them shoving agenda down our throats? I don't think anything's going to get to them. I think they're ostriches with their heads just directly in the sand. What do you guys think? Failure is going to be the only thing that will teach them anything. And, and that still won't even do it. They'll just say, oh, well, it'll be better you next time. You know why? Time. You know why? Because sitting outside a media executive's office isn't going to do a darn thing. Sitting outside Monsanto's or Kraft or a, a, an advertiser within that media entity, Rob, that's what elicits change. And the left, honestly, is better at it than the right. No, I, I think they are. But, but to go to, to Glenn's point about failure is not even going to change them. It didn't. We saw 1,000 media layoffs last week. The, the tweet that Michael Calderon, who does the Politico mm -hmm. newsletter for the media in the morning, mm -hmm. the tweet that he highlighted was someone that worked at the Huffington Post saying that a moment ago I was talking about how the shutdown was not allowing people to buy tampons. That was her beat. It was the I can't buy tampons beat, which the average person doesn't care about. They don't, they don't. realize why they failed. People don't care about reading about intersectionality. They care about, am I going to have a job? Am I going to have... You know, is there going to be food on the table? Is the, is the robot going to take my job? Yeah. You know, th those are the things that people care about. People know on both sides of the aisle, something's wrong. This isn't going to last like this. It's coming apart. 
And no media source that I know of in the mainstream big media is actually looking with respect to the average person in the country. I don't care where you live, left coast, white, right coast, or in the middle, but with respect saying, look, you're smart enough, you can figure this out. Here are the things that we should be talking about now. And it and it's and it's not the Russia thing. So when so that maybe, is solved, maybe. bring it I to mean, us. By the way, this is Rob. You know, this is no longer Ali Beth Stucky. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm I, right I, as, as you can tell. Uh, but, yes. but maybe, maybe, Glenn. Um, so we're, the media is protected in the Constitution. True. Mm-hmm. True or not true? true? True. So the media now realizes that moving to your base is profitable. Is there... Are we saying that if it's going to be, if the media is going to be protected in the Constitution, maybe they shouldn't be profit motivated? This, this goes counter no. to everything you and I may believe that everything should be profit motivated. But maybe if, if no. there's a constitutional protection, say what you want, you're never going to never tell you not to say that anymore as long as you don't slander someone or libel someone. No, I think, I think the combination, it is again not the problem solely of the media. It is the problem of us as human beings. They are feeding us those things we want to consume. Wait, wait, I, I have some breaking news. We have to go to Chad Pray. There's a very important thing on MSNBC right now. Chad, what do you have there? If you guys don't believe that this is fake news, we were talking about climate change. And who do they bring in? They bring in a subject matter expert. Oh, my gosh. Bill Nye, the science guy. I'll just leave it at that. My job here is done. <laughs> I'm done. Thank you very much. All right, um, Sarah, one more. Do you have one more uh, comment for us? I do. I do. Uh, it's going to be tweet three. And uh, tweet three says, the, the way that the media is treating the president, uh, the way that they cover him, what does this say for future Republicans that are outsiders and maybe are considering running for president with how President Trump has been treated? I would say it's it's not going to make the uh, the those who are really interested in the movement want to come to the top and have someone, you know, just investigate their entire life. Let me bring Rob. Rob, you're, you're way, way in on that. No, it, it's absolutely correct. And it, it goes before Trump. I, I guarantee you that if Jeb Bush was the president right now, the media would be acting with the same amount and same level of anti-Jeb Bushness. I don't know. When they get serious about Donald Trump <laughs> impeachment, you'll hear from the left, wait a minute, guys, Mike Pence is worse. No, no, I, I, I mean, they, friend, they, it'll just home. happen. I have a friend back home who was talking to me about Trump, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm supporting Ted Cruz. Oh, no, he's worse. It's the exact same thing. That's what they think, and it's... I mean, look at what, I, I hate to bring up the Dan Rather thing, but our friend Brian Stelter, I know he's not our friend, we talked about it earlier, yeah. but Brian Stelter on CNN has Dan Rather, who is a known liar, on his program all of the time and holds him up as a media ethic thing. You talked about the BuzzFeed thing. Jason Leopold, Columbia Journalism Review, back in the mid-2000s, called him a serial fabulist because he kept making things up. And it's not just him, it's Brian Ross at ABC who finally lost his job Gawker, the defamation engine at Gawker called him America's wrongest reporter because he got it wrong more than they did. It's, ah. it's, it's just amazing that these people continue to move up. You know, we, we, we call it the FUMU principle, F up, move up. But that's what they do. Well, I think they it should up. show yeah. conservatives that don't pander. Like the Supreme Court justices, for instance, I was a big fan of Barrett. Everyone said, no, no, she's too extreme. Mm-hmm. They're already starting mm-hmm. to murmur. Let's go with the safer Kavanaugh. 
Look what happened. You can't, you can't please these people. They're in Trump derangement syndrome, just outrage mode all the time. No matter how reasonable you try to be, no matter how conciliatory you try to be, they're going to call you a Nazi. They're going to call you a rapist, maybe a gang rapist in the case of uh, Justice Kavanaugh. So th there's no point on compromising your principles because they're just going to say no anyway. It's really about, I think it's really about what we do. And I, you know, we've gotten together here for, for two hours and people have listened to us. We need to be better at listening to people and hearing what they're concerned about and trying to find ways to make their life easier on understanding stories and be able to argue things with, with friendlies that will actually listen to the other side and make their case. This is really important what we're doing here. So Blaze TV, digital, a digital medium. Um, Fox News is trying to do it with, with Fox Nation. We are so far down the road from where they are mm. and where all the other companies are. This is where media is headed. People, uh, the, the, the cord cutters, they're moving away from, I don't want to pay $300 a month. I want to hear what Glenn Beck has to say or what Mark Levin has to say or Eric Bowling or Rob or Lord or anyone of us has to say. Um, and we're in the sweet spot. We're in the, in the place they're going to be. And I, the reason why I bring this up is because what we're doing here, look, let's be honest. It's all about subscriptions, right? It's subscription-based programming so we can say what we want to say. We don't have to bow to advertisers. I don't have to get called up to Bill Shine's office if I say something wrong. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. It happened too many times. But it matters. You've got to go to Blaze TV Live. Go to Blaze TV Live. It's a promo code. Put it right in. There's a, there's a, a $10 um, uh, discount if you, if you use that uh, promo code in, in the sign-up page. You've got to do it. You're supporting this. You're supporting our ability to come here and tell, speak truth to you. I want to show a group over here. Look at this group. Besides the people who are at the table here, Lauren and Rob and Glenn and Eric, there's the rest of the crew. Good-looking group. There's Graham. There's John. There's Ali Beth Stuckey. Sarah's over there on the other side. This is only. Uh, and this is like nothing uh, of the whole team. Pray, this is such. Chad a is Chad is somewhere. And you're right, Glenn. You're a hundred percent right on the Sierra TV side where I came from. Phil Robertson, uh, Crowder, and on your side, there's there's a whole plethora I mean, as well. I mean, look. The thing is, is what I'm excited about with this merger is this is the beginning. And I've tried to do this since we started The Blaze in 2010 or 11, and people weren't ready to come together. Everybody wanted to come out on their own. What, and we wanted to build a network, which was wrong. What we need to do is people need to say, I'm an independent voice, I have something to say, and I just want a place that will protect my voice so it can be heard. That's really what The Blaze needs to be is a place where you're not paying as a subscriber, you're not paying nine bucks for the three people you wanna see or the 10 people you wanna see, you're paying nine bucks and we got 40 people that you can choose from and all your subscription is doing, helping us create new content and most importantly, finding the ways to protect the conservative voice. And help us buy things like this little thing <laughs> that was the table right here. We made that. That's amazing. That's <laughs> the spores. It looks like spores to me. Look, you don't have to support media who mock your values or our values. You can watch your values because your values are the American values. Truth, freedom, patriotism, decency, and justice, not social justice. Yes. Look at these guys over here. Good friends of ours. 
They're just as frustrated as you and me. No one here is ever going to go along to get along with the mainstream media. We're pushing back against the narrative every single day, but we need you with us. We're louder and bolder and better than the liberal cable news, and we need you to help us join in this fight. So The great so, thing is, we're the old farts. <laughs> the, 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 I'm seriously, this is the best thing about my job, is we are... We are finding the new, younger talent who will do far more than we've, than we've ever the, done. We're handing the baton off to, yeah. to the sprinters. You Glenn. guys are going to be the ones that make the difference. You guys are going to be the ones that make the difference. We made a difference in our era. and for Oh, us, I'm not done, my friend. I'm not <laughs> done either. I'm not done either, but I'm telling you, I'm just, they guys. speak to the next generation that is going to, that is going to take the reins of this country. I, I, I'm going I'm to add to that. I'm just getting started. <laughs> and so till the end of today, today, you can sign up and watch Blaze TV free for 30 days. Sign up and get 30 days free. No commitments. It's totally free with promo code Blaze TV Live. And you get $10 off your annual subscription if you stick with us after those 30 days. And we're going to stick with you because you've listened to us for two hours. We want to hear from you. Send us your stories. Help us help you in the fight for America. Tweet us at Blaze TV using hashtag Blaze TV Live. We're all going to have a great night. Have a wonderful night, America. Media Meltdown.